Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Also, speaking of running backs, um, I saw this uh, ESPN list. They listed their free agent, top free agent running backs, and they tiered them out for the upcoming um, free agency period. And I like the fact that Jarek McKinnon is just way down in like tier number five on their list. What if this list had been put out in like week 14 where he'd like scored nine straight games? He'd probably be higher on that list, I don't know. right? I don't know. I'm like, good. I didn't want to see him towards the top. Like the wide receiver one. You see the wide receiver list? Yeah. Like Juju's way up there. And heck, McCole Hartman's way up there because it's not a huge wide receiver class right. in free agencies. You're like, oh, crap, there's two of those guys. Might be hard to bring them back. Both cheap, mm-hmm. right? I love that Jerick McKinnon was, like, way down. Like, I want to almost, like, sneak him back on the roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm Jerick McKinnon at 30 years old, and, and I've already missed two seasons, I got a Super Bowl ring right now. At 30 years old, yeah, look, I'm looking to get the bag if somebody's going to pay me. But you're 30 years old and you're a running back. You're not, you're not going to probably break the bank. You don't have many more years left after 30 to play running back in the NFL. Hey, he may not even be effective next year. Who knows? Running backs fall off the cliff right away. If I were Jerick McKinnon, I'd be looking around going, I don't have many years left. Do I want to stay here and have some fun and win some more championships? Or do I want to go someplace else, maybe get paid, but maybe not have an opportunity to have some fun at this stage of the game? I'm not much of a runner anymore. I'm a pass catcher. Pass catcher, yeah. Is anybody going to throw me the ball in another offense? I know Uh, they are in this offense. In this offense, they definitely are. "Hmm." But I I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm like, you got to go get the bag. But I think for like Jarek McKinnon, if the bag isn't offered, there's no harm, no foul coming back to Kansas City and hanging out, you know, for the next two years and finishing your career here and going into the sunset with three more Super Bowl championships. So they they actually tiered him out of five tiers of running. He was in the fifth tier. I'm like, all right. Now, tier one was kind of, uh, you know, it was it was Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And, you know. But, I mean, those are going to be two overpaid running backs. I know. You don't want to be in that camp, no, right? you don't. You don't, don't want to be in that, in that camp at all, man. No way. And then another uh, sneaky one, if McKinnon doesn't work out in tier, it was in tier three for them. I know people wanted to, to trade for him. Chiefs didn't want to trade for him, and I would have said don't. But now he's free. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt's a, an interesting one. 28 years old. And and I told you back during the football season when the trade rumors were creeping up about Kareem Hunt, I said the Chiefs have, have mended fences. Like, they've let bygones be bygones, and everything is, you know, smoothed over from their time heals all wounds, as they like to say. And, and you know, nobody's, you know, absolving him for what he did, but, you know, they were mad about the lying that took place. I think fences have been mended in that situation. They they like Kareem Hunt, obviously. They took him in the draft in the third round in 2017. But they didn't want to go after Kareem Hunt back in October, November, whenever the trade deadline was, because they didn't want to give up anything. And as we've seen with the way that Brett Veach drafts right now, value in draft picks, right? No matter what round it is, you're getting value out of those draft picks. And so 
the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I don't want to give up draft picks right now because Brett Veach is on a heater. I mean, this guy is drafted like it's nobody's business. I want to arm him with as many draft picks as possible. And I think right now draft picks for the Kansas City Chiefs are probably more valuable than they are for another organization because the Chiefs hit on their picks where most organizations don't. So they made the smart play by not giving up anything to get Kareem Hunt. Now that he's a street-free agent and you have the opportunity to sign him, I think the Chiefs may consider and something coming off a down Hunt. year and coming off a very down year. Yeah. And Jerick McKinnon will be cheaper. Right. Right. Older. Kareem Hunt's younger would be a little bit more expensive, but right. I wouldn't hate that if that were the direction they went. I don't think it's going to break the bank. No, I don't a, think so either. You can get him on a on a cheap deal. Probably not the uh, one year one point two or whatever McKinnon made last year. What a steal. What a steal that was. Right. Um, so he made one point two million dollars last year. Bubba Starling made seven and a half million dollars from the Royals. There is that. There is, there is. Let's that. keep the minor leagues. Yes. Makes sense. <laughs> so, I'm I'm in the camp of of bringing him back. Let's mm-hmm. do a little. Uh, can we do a little start bench cut? Yeah, I like that. Good morning, fellas. Let's do a little start bench and cut, and we are going to start with the goats conversation in the quarterbacks. It's been going on now that the. Uh, Super Bowl is over, and it is a Super Bowl Red Friday. It is every every Friday is a Red Friday. Going to go with the quarterbacks: Brady, Mahomes, Montana. Who you starting? Who you benching? Who you cutting? Oh Bob, who goodness. you got? Ah, well, all oh right. Let me see right this from right from the jump. I think Brady, those, Mahomes, Montana. I think those are the three biggest and greatest quarterbacks of all time. Those are your three goats in the history of the They're, NFL, in yeah. my opinion. I, yep. I, I mean, I know people want to make cases for others. Those are the three greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. I'm starting Tom Brady. I'm benching Patrick Mahomes, and I'm cutting Joe Montana. Just think about that for a second. Starting Tom Brady, this is hard. benching Patrick Mahomes. yeah. yeah. And cutting yeah. Joe Montana. Yeah. That, that's what I, I would do in that order. Look, Brady is still the top until Patrick beats him, right? Until Patrick gets eight, Brady is still the GOAT. Now, maybe Patrick doesn't have to get eight if he obliterates all his passing numbers and all that kind of stuff. I think Patrick eventually will be number one. But where we sit right now, the accomplishments of Tom Brady are still ridiculously stupid. <laughs> and I, I think Joe Montana could play today because he was doing the stuff that Patrick Mahomes is doing 30 years this ago. This game translates for yeah, sure. Yeah, it does. It does. Again, we, I but can't he's also em- in his 60s. I can't emphasize enough. Go watch that that uh, Peacock documentary on Joe Montana and watch some of his throws. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. Sidearms or traffic? Yeah, Joe was doing that. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you and I watched it and had the same takeaways. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Joe was doing Patrick stuff, like, before Patrick was it, even born. It's tough to do this without, like, doing the current of it all because I'm going to start Mahomes. Yeah. He's got, all right. He's got, the, he's got a lot yet to go. Joe forever. I guess he's my bench guy. I like the fact that if I benched him too, I get I get a lot out of him. Oh, like yeah. if I benched, if I benched Joe Montana, he'd be a little salty about it. Oh, you think? And uh, he'd go out and kick ass. I'm cutting Tom. He's yesterday's news. Oh, <laughs> all right. Later, Look at Tom. you. Look at you. Crushing Tom Later, again. Tom. Look at you. <laughs> See you, yeah. Tom. Oh, wow. How well about done. you? He gone. Did you see Bruce Arian's comments about Tom yesterday? Hmm. Makes me think Tom's coming back. He really wasn't able to give his all last year is what Bruce Arian said. I think we all saw that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So which means to me, like, if he wasn't able to give his all, is that how he wants to go out? 
Probably not. I know. He's taking a sabbatical. So instead of a darkness retreat, he's doing a sabbatical, right? Yeah. Did you know Joe Montana's married three times? What? Yeah. (laughs) Did you know he was married three times? Jennifer's his third wife. I learned that this morning. Well, I thought it was his only wife. I I thought so, too. I was looking up to see if she was married before. And they say Jennifer Montana is Joe's third wife. He married his high school sweetheart in college, then married some other lady, and then divorced her and then met Jennifer a year later. I had no idea this was his third wife. Stunning. Things you learn on the John. That is today's Thoughts? edition of Thoughts from the Throne. <laughs> yep. That we're gonna, Thoughts we're, from the Throne. Thoughts from the Throne is how we're going to yep. dub that. So uh, who are you uh, starting, benching, cutting? 913-586-7610 on the JS Southland Tow Service text line. Here's a shocker from uh, from The Athletic this morning. Okay. Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson pushed to have Seahawks coach Pete Carroll fired prior to his departure from Seattle, oh, according to a new report. God, this guy's just a pain. I always thought that that one was a me or him kind yeah. of scenario, and they picked the coach. Well, they, they made the right, right? decision. You, you go with really, really, really good football coach, in my opinion, great football coach, or do you go with over-the-hill aging Russell Wilson as your quarterback? You yeah. always stick with the coach in that situation. Russell Be Wilson. Careful, it's, though. It's spicy. Right, Rus- Russell Wilson has seen better days, right? He has seen better days, and so I think right now, the Seahawks made the right decision, and it showed. Did they not make the playoffs this mm-hmm. year? Or close to the playoffs this year, right, with, with Geno Smith? That tells you how good Pete Carroll is as a football coach. He's an underrated football coach. Way to go, Seattle. According to the report in The Athletic, Wilson asked Seahawks ownership in February of 2022 to fire Carroll and GM John Schneider with hopes the team would hire Sean Payton to be the new coach. Oh, God. So he just had to move to Denver to get Sean Payton as a new coach. A lawyer for Wilson denied the uh, story and described it as, quote, entirely fabricated. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm going to disagree with that lawyer. I'm going to choose to believe it. So, Why do you think they traded him, right? I mean, there was obviously a riff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Unlimited. I'm going to go against myself a bit when it comes to a coach of the year. We'll get to that next. Best go in the morning. That's a great question. Thank you. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, 
Josh Bernier, our Royals insider, of course, down in Surprise, Arizona, coming up in about 10 minutes. Nice. Uh, Royals and Rangers this afternoon, 205 here on 610 Sports Radio as we get started with Cactus League play. Um, I'm actually going to go against my my myself here. Sometimes you have to. Can, can I address that just for, for one second? I see a lot of times on the text line or DMs on, from people on Twitter, you said this and now you – yes, as you gather more information, it's okay to change, right? It's okay to change your opinion, evolve your opinion based on information that's gathered in because I think – let's look at Isaiah Pacheco. Seventh-round draft pick, we probably all thought he wasn't going to do anything. Well, as we start to see him perform and play and do real well, your opinion changes going, wow, that's a steal. That's a great pick. He should have been a first-round pick. I saw a list yesterday of, like, redrafting the top ten of the draft of last year, which they do at this time, which I think is always fun, and they put Sauce Gardner should have been the number one overall pick, which they're not wrong about, right? And and so they went through the top ten. I can't tell you the rest of the order. And one Chiefs fan commented and was like, what about Pacheco? Like, could he have been a top ten draft pick? So I think – the more information that you gather as time goes on, you educate yourself, you learn, you're allowed to change your opinion. It's not called flip-flopping. It's called gathering information and then changing your opinion based on that and not being so stubborn, right? Like, it, it's okay to change. It's okay to evolve. The people who are stubborn and aren't willing to do that kind of stuff, those are the people that are difficult to deal now, with. Now, I will say sometimes it's just an outlier, too, because I think my yeah, belief still sure. stands. It's, it's, it's when it comes to coaches of the year. I've said this before about Andy Reid. Like, Andy Reid gets no love for no Coach love. of the Year Mm-mm. because they were supposed to be good, and they were. Um, Bill Self often falls in this category, too, because he never wins Coach of the Year because they're predicted to finish first. Right. Even though you can do a heck of a coaching job. Like this year. I mean, that's a, to, to put them in a position to possibly go back-to-back, um, remarkable coaching job. Right. And then... I also don't like when a coach of the year, typically I don't like when coach of the year is like, well, this team is supposed to be garbage. Now they're okay. Mm-hmm. That That's often who wins coach of the year. I'm like, okay, it doesn't make any sense. They were supposed to pick finish 12th. They finished seventh. Right, right. Why are they getting more, more love? In this case, though, I think that they've also accomplished enough where I say Jerome Tang should be the coach of the year in the Big 12. Oh, yeah, right. Of, of KC, like they were picked for the basement. right. And here they are sitting in third position in the league heading into the final week. And beat Kansas. That's not to mention when they won the other night and he's in the stands. With well, that. and he's, I think he's, that he's really fun too. But, but I think that's vital when you talk about coach of the year. He reinvigorated a fan base uh, yes. in the program. Yes. He's not just winning games. He reinvigorated a that fan base. Pretty dead fan base. It, it was dead. It was right? absolutely dead. Just I feel bad they, for the guy who takes over when he goes to Texas all, next year. All they wanted to do was complain. Yeah. So – I think he's right there for Big 12 Coach of the Year. Maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the guy who kept Texas afloat. I don't know, right? <laughs> in, in their midst of it, but uh, Gary Parish of CBS says not just Big 12, but maybe National Coach of the Year. Kansas State's win over Baylor. You kind of had this one, Gary. You had a lot of them last night, but what stood out in this game specifically? Well. You know, these are two really good basketball teams that are both projected to be top four seeds in the NCAA tournament. It speaks to the quality of the Big 12. It's that, loaded. It's really unbelievable. Well, how about this? Again, these are two projected top four seeds, and neither one of them is really seriously competing for the Big 12 title yeah. right now. That's probably going to come down to Kansas and Texas. Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. It's been one of the best duos in the entire country, not just the Big 12, 
all season. And I can't say enough about the job Jerome Tang yeah. has done. He was a 20-year assistant for Scott Drew at Baylor, takes over the Kansas State program, literally picked last by everybody who picks things in the Big 12. And they're not <laughs> going to finish first, but they are tied for third right now. They're going to comfortably make the NCAA tournament. And it's why Jerome Tang, after, by the way, getting a regular season sweep, over his old boss and forever friend, Scott Drew, it's why Jerome Tang is a legitimate candidate for National Coach of the Year. Yeah, and that scene in Manhattan, uh, Kansas, was uh, pretty lit yesterday. So not just Big 12, but national. National, National yeah. Coach of the Year, love. And I, I can't disagree with it. Nobody's voting for that Alabama guy as National Coach oh, of the Year. Oh, gosh, gosh, no. But, um, but normally I'd be like, well, they finished. You know, it's like they won it. Bill Self's there. The right? Texas, Texas, you can make the case for, too. They fired their coach, and the interim guy is battling for a league title. Yeah, right? I know. It's crazy. And Who is the interim but, guy at Texas? But, Do we know? I'm sure. I'm, well, I'm uh, heard of him. Kelvin Sampson, coach of the I'm year at Houston. Guy you've never heard of. Right. Is actually leading Texas to where they're always predicted to be. Right. <laughs> so maybe you ought to just keep that guy maybe, in place. Maybe. 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 Maybe keep the interim Who guy. Who is it again? Imagine the log of Lumen. Is it Luke Axtell? Is he the so, head coach uh, down there? So, but I, I think Jerome Tang deserves every bit of consideration for mm-hmm. league. And if you want to go national, that's kind of Gary's forte. Like right. he's looking around the country and goes, no, he's he's in camp for this one. Yeah, he, so. And he should be. He's done an amazing job at Kansas State. And for me, it's all about rejuvenating the program. I mean, it just, it, overnight he rejuvenated that program. Like he came in and was the perfect hire. You know, just like Chris Kleiman was the perfect hire for their football program, Jerome Tang was the perfect hire for their basketball program. Just like Bill Self was the perfect hire for Kansas, Jerome Tang was like that for Kansas State. He came in and immediately, immediately changed the mindset and the thinking, not just of the basketball team, not just of the athletic department, but the entire university. Also, I did not know this about Jerome Tang. You're going to love this, Bob. They named a child seven. So I love this guy. I got a great name for our kids. A real original. You want to hear what it is? Eh? You ready? Yeah. <laughs> what is that, sign language? Seven. Seven Costanza. You're serious? Yeah. It's a beautiful name for a boy or a girl. Especially a girl or a boy. I think it's a great name. I love it. I'm all in favor. It's not a name. It's a number. I know. It's Mickey Mantle's number. So not only is it an all-around beautiful name, it is also a living tribute. It's awful. I hate it. I love it. I think Jerome Tang is great. The other suggestion that Costanza had for his kid's name was Mug. Mug Costanza. Yeah. Now, you couldn't you couldn't use Mug. You couldn't go by Mug Tang because Tang is a drink and it goes in a mug. So you couldn't go Mug Tang, you right. know. But you could go Mug Costanza. You could go Seven Tang. I love it, and I'm so glad that we're having Vern so on son, next they because have a son named Seven. Yeah. He'll love this seven as tang. much as I do. Yeah, Bisquick Tang. <laughs> Bisquick, what? So yeah, I, I thought that part of the story would would if you weren't thinking Jerome Tang Coach of the Year, now you're now, now you're, I'm now all you're in. fully in. No, now I'm all in. I think Jerome Tang should get seven. it. Yeah. We'll discuss that and much more with Josh Vern, your Royals insider. He'll join us from Arizona next. 
Fresco in the morning. That's just what we need. People coaching football games from their mom's basement. We already have enough of that. We have enough of that, man. It's called Pro Football Focus. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. afternoon right here on 610 Sports Radio 205 start for Cactus League play Royals and yes it's the Rangers the Rangers no the way. Rangers right here on 610 Sports Radio wow we head down to Arizona and check in with our Royals insider Josh Vernier oh my Vern is this a revenge game for Dayton Moore has he been looking forward to this one since uh, the end of September Dayton Moore Danny Duffy Ian Kennedy all doing uh, deadlifts in the clubhouse right now I'm sure getting ready getting for this ready one. for this is there yeah. anybody else is there a way we can foist Hunter Dozier on Dayton Moore right now <laughs> Well, Hunter Dozier's your starting third baseman, so unless you have someone else that you want to put at the Anybody, hot corner. Literally anyone. Well, I would say the other options right now are Matt Duffy. Sure. Uh, Matt Beatty. I'm in. Uh, is it Johan Camargo? Let's go. One of those three. So any of those three uh, it, it, it possibly could end up at third base. Well, shoot, with the Drew Waters injury, yeah, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, Hunter Dozier, even though it's been all about third base, ends up in a corner outfield spot and Matt Duffy's over there that's, at third base. That's classic spring training right there. Yes. No, yeah. We're going to do Royal this, spring this, training. We're going to do this, 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 <laughs> this, and this. Oh, wait. No, we're not. <laughs> where's Whit Merrifield, though? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, where's yeah, Hunter yeah. Dozier? Yeah, Dozier, yeah. you got to move. you got to move. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's worked this entire time at second base. Up so right valuable. Field. He can play yeah. every position. Hey, what about, uh, for, for Coach Tang real quick, what about the name Soda? Yeah, Soda would have been a good one, too. Yeah, Soda would have been really soda good. Or maybe Soda Pop. So, yeah. Soda Tang. Soda Tang. I do like that. Do you love the fact that his kid's name is Seven, though, Vern? It's terrific. It's great, isn't it? So long as he is a Seinfeld fan, and it's a slight nod to either Mickey Mantle or Seinfeld. Right. Either way, we're good with that, right? Or Bobby Witt Jr. Or Matt Castle. Either way, we're fine with that. Uh, stretching it a little bit. Maybe just a tad. Hey, uh, this week I've been you know, kind of proposing my way to fix baseball, and I want to eliminate the minor leagues altogether, expand the rosters to 30, have a 10-member practice squad, not allowed to join the big leagues to your 21 just like in, in the NFL, and, and just go from there. I think the minor leagues is a colossal waste of money when you look at the fact that only 10% of these guys from the minor leagues ever make it to the big league level. Your thoughts. Tell me why I'm wrong. Minor league cities, um, listen, I, I certainly don't have any numbers or ba- just first things that come to my mind. The minor league cities, um, I, I feel like that would create something of a, uh, a dent in their income, right? And then I worry about the international signings. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you how would you get around that? Just you're not allowed to sign these fourteen and sixteen year olds. Well, why would, why, would, why are we signing fourteen and sixteen year olds to begin with? The same reason because they're cheap. That's that's why they do it. But it's, it's uh, like know. why not just put that money towards like legit major league baseball players? Like the seven and a half million dollars they totally wasted on Bubba Starling could have been spent on somebody at the big league level instead. Sure, um, but but you know. It, it, 
how many pitchers does an organization have slash need in the minor leagues? Let's okay. So you you have your 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 thirty man roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna need over the course of a season at least another uh, ten to a, a dozen arms down in the minor league. I, I, is there enough uh, practice? Is there enough time? I I I just don't think the the development um, and the type of uh, depth that is needed. Uh, would be present under that. Okay, you, you can have a 10-man practice squad. You can also poach guys off of somebody else's practice squad, too, just like you do in the NFL. You just have to put them on that 30-man roster right away. Okay, so th- those 10 practice over at, at, at the T-Bones field? No, they're with you every day. They're here okay. at the at the big league level. They're working out with the guys and doing all the stuff, you know, just like you know an NFL practice squad player would do. You're around the big league club. You're practicing with the big league club every day. I think the biggest impediment would be, uh, and I hope this, this possibly happens down the line, is that there is an international uh, draft as well, that it's not the free-for-all where you have uh, some of the shysty characters um, in Central America and, and in South America, that that to me right now would be the biggest issue. Not to mention, uh, you know, the catching and the pitching, the amount of um, extra catchers and extra pitchers you would need. But other than that, it's a pretty good idea. Thank you. Where do you stand? I, I just feel like that for a long time, baseball's just done it this way, and so mm-hmm. we've been programmed to think about it. Why can't I don't know every young player be thrust into the to the majors like you can in 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 other sports? I think it's because of uh, the the talent in, in college football is the best non-NFL talent in the world. Um, to me, college baseball, minor league baseball, uh, winter league baseball, uh, you know, the, the kids, uh, whether it's over in uh, Japan, it's, it's down in Venezuela, the Dominican, um, I, I think there's so much... Uh, quality baseball outside of major league baseball that when the best of the best uh, reach the big leagues it's 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 such a gigantic leap that going from uh, you know the university of michigan to major league baseball is it it's it's the type of endeavor that 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 takes you two three four years before you're uh, capable of competing. But if we use college baseball more like the NFL uses college football or the yeah. NBA even uses college basketball in that standpoint, why, why can't we rely more on college baseball, switch that to a wood bat format and, and let the development go there and let the colleges pay for the development and maybe some of the minor league money that you were spending you can invest into college programs with NILs and that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I have... <laughs> I have, there's Rusty. Hey, uh, Rusty! I, I, I have heard oh, Rusty! quite a few people out here at camp actually bring this discussion, because you guys have talked about this for a few days, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a few people out here at spring training, not too pleased uh, with this idea. I don't I, really care. I didn't dive into to why. I just said, yeah, well, take it up with Bob. And yeah. then I just kept on walking. Um, to, to me, it, it, just like everything, it's going to come down to money. Um, because if you start putting everyone on a uh, equal playing field in a minor league or in college baseball, I think they're they're going to um, know their worth. And, and right now, especially the international players, uh, they're just looking for you know the paycheck. Well, I mean, you signed Salvador Perez for what seventy thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars coming out of Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one. The, that propo- the proposal that uh, you're, you're putting forth, I, I think, would 
um, ultimately cost teams uh, more money uh, because because you wouldn't be able to, to to underpay the tenth round pick. You wouldn't be able to underpay the kid coming out of the Dominican. Uh, whenever something seems as if it's an easy fix, the reason why they don't take that easy fix, as you know, is, is, is normally money. So that's what I would point to. Yeah. Talking with Josh Vernier here on 610 Sports Radio down in uh, Arizona. And and I believe Brady Singer is going to be pitching on opening day for the Royals. In fact, I just put five bucks on him to win the, the Cy Young Award. How does he pick up from where he left off last year? Because I thought he was really good for most of the season last year once he got, you know, back up from the minors. Brady Singer is, as, as you know, as, as competitive uh, as they come, as um, self-motivated as they come, and, and, and we've discussed this in the past. It's, it's, it's watching him last year turn it up against the Yankees, the Dodgers, the White Sox. The bigger the game, the bigger the moment, the brighter the lights, the better he performed. Uh, he's been saying he's that type of player since they drafted him. Uh, back in 2018, and you look at his progression throughout the minor leagues into the bigs, he's, uh, for the most part, um, it's held true. Uh, he's got some added motivation now with, you know, the service time manipulation, the, the losing of arbitration. Uh, I'll tell you this, if, 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 if the wins don't come soon, I would not be surprised because Brady Singer is a, a winner, a competitive, a guy that needs to be under those bright lights, play in those big games. I wouldn't be surprised if his, his eyes start to wander outside of Kansas City and, and start to wonder, uh, you know, a la Zach Greinke, is this the place for me? How does he take it to another level? Uh, just doing it for uh, 30 starts rather than 21 starts. It's It's – and this is what he always points to. It's, it, it comes down to consistency, doing it every fifth day. Um, uh, now, he's going to need some help because how often was it last year you hand the ball to Brady Singer and, Brady, we've lost five in a row, and if you don't win this one, it's going to be 12. Uh, that can be tiresome. Um, so they need to eliminate that if, in my opinion, they want the best out of Brady Singer because, as, 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 as fans all know, when we get to August and the team has been out of it for two and a half months, it's tough for us to get up for the game. And I would uh, venture to guess it's tough for them to get up for the games as well. We've talked quite a bit about the uh, the new voices that they're, they're hearing from now. It seems, though, Brady Singer benefited from, I guess, the tough love he got in the previous the previous regime so how is new voices going to be different for him yeah i i think brady would have uh flipped that switch it would have uh he, he would have figured it out regardless of of the coach uh pitching coach manager last season um you know whether it's discussions with jackson Kowar, um daniel lynch jonathan heasley even an angel zerpa they they've all appreciated how their their uh, their ideas are at least implemented uh their ideas or better put are at least heard in, in the past it was uh, here's the way we do this uh, fall in line and your concerns your desires are falling on deaf ears it was like talking to a brick wall um but you know and, and, and not to repeat what I've, I've said in the past but shoot uh, you know, coaches can only do so much. We, we all have high hopes for uh, Daniel Lynch. Jackson Kowar has some of the best stuff out here in camp. But when you're on the hill at Kauffman Stadium in front of 20, 30, 40,000 people, can you execute that pitch? People love to blame 
uh, Cal Eldred, Mike Matheny. Uh, you know, Chris Bubich wanted to throw his slider last year, but the coaches wouldn't let him. Well, you're the only one standing out there on that hill. If you want to throw your slider, throw your slider. Yeah, was somebody going to come running out of the dugout right. and take him out of the game because he threw a slider? <laughs> and, you know, you, you talk with coaches out here, and they say, yeah, he wanted to throw it, but he also didn't have the, the, the confidence inside of him to say, to hell with it, here it is. Here's, here's my, what I believe is going to be one of my three best pitches. Um, so whether it's Daniel Lynch, who got in his head and uh, is in his head uh, to a uh, – a negative voice in his head way too often. It's you know, Jonathan Heasley um, uh, getting deep into games. It's 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 Chris Bubich uh, becoming a four-pitch pitcher. When you don't have that velocity, you got to keep hitters off balance. You know, coaches can help. Coaches can encourage. Co- coaches can uh, instill confidence. Uh, but you got to go out there and execute. So, uh, sure, even uh, the, the new infield coach with, with Bobby Witt Jr., you know, this this guy's main job is to make Bobby Witt Jr. a well above average uh, shortstop. But it, it comes down to the work that Bobby puts in. H- how much is he absorbing? Man, the, the way uh, Paul Hoover and Salvador Perez are almost joined at the hip out here at camp, you would think that Salvi's learning a new position the way that Paul Hoover has been riding salvi from the start of camp up until now and and that's uh, a good thing though Vern, because if you're doing that with salvi and he's buying in i mean he's a hall of famer i mean that that's a really good sign for this organization that they've got themselves some pretty legit coaches that that a hall of famer is looking at and going all right i'm in all all in all in but also uh, salvi has five gold gloves has seven all-star games so you've seen him uh, bark back a little bit at, at Paul Hoover. Hey, hey, you know, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't feel comfortable for me. So, so it's not as if anyone's walking on eggshells. It's uh, two guys tugging on the same end of the rope, uh, aiming for the same goal. Um, but it gets so vocal that you know that, like you're mentioning, you know that permeates. You know when Nate Eaton and a Bobby Witt Jr. and a Vinny Pasquantino are saying, man, Salvi is working harder than everyone else, t- being coached as hard as anyone else, and uh, that, that can only bode well moving forward. It could have backfired with Salvi, right? Like this whole, this whole thing. Oh, with uh, yeah, the Pedro Grafal yeah. going to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I think that's encouraging, even if there's a 100%. little push-pull that they see him buy in, that – dramatically helps because he could have been the one that and I still it before th- it started. Sure. I, I still think that's worth monitoring over the course of a season. You, you know, Salvi is a pro, uh, and then who doesn't have a good attitude in spring training? So so let's see. Let, let's see uh, how he's feeling about uh, coaching, about moving closer to the plate um, and, and everything else that uh, you know they're, they're trying to change about him defensively but I I brought it up with Salvi he says he understands it's a business and he loves Pedro and Pedro's his dad and I brought it up to Pedro Mar- uh, Pedro Marti- Pedro Grafal and because uh, because yeah I, I shared exactly that I'm, I'm just wondering about uh, the motivation the desire if it, it it's the same for Salvi when his uh, father figure uh, was, was passed over for a job that I I know that Salvi wanted him right to get and, and Pedro Grafal says uh and I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Salvi has goals. I have goals for him, and those goals are Cooperstown. And he knows there's no time for a pity party if you want to end up in Cooperstown. So it's time to get to work. And Pedro says, you know, it, 
just because I'm not there, he's still my son. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's like my son. This is my son. So they're still going to, uh, you know, stay in contact, see each other on holidays. Uh, but, but again, I, I will be interested uh, in many different facets of this team. When we get to May, when we get to June, when they have that five, seven-game losing streak, how, how, how is this coaching staff? What is the attitude of Salvador Perez? Is he still that uh, positive light in the clubhouse? Is he still that lead-by-example guy? Or, uh, because Selby's no dummy, he also knows that this organization, if they got the right offer, would love to shed his contract because it's taken up about a quarter to you know, you know, a third of the team's payroll. If they could shed 20 to $22 million this year and next, I think they would do it. It's just, boy, that return has to offset not only the talent that you would be getting rid of, uh, but also the, the seismic hit to the city and the fan base that that would be. Vern, before we let you go, what's your prediction for the game today? <laughs> Do the Royals win? Uh, Royals are plus 170, laying uh, a run and a half. So I'm going to say Royals win eight to six. Oh, In spring training, you do. can you can I don't I don't know the answer, guys. Can you can you bet that the game just they I'm not call joking. It, ends in a tie? That plus they, that they, no, I was looking at the odds oh, okay, this morning, okay, Vern. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. That you can can bet you bet on, on it like that they call it? You know, they don't finish the game and they, they just, yeah. yeah, they roll the. And roll. What happens if they do? Does everybody just get their money back and it ends in an 8 8 tie? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know, but I put a free bet on it, so I'll let you know. <laughs> well, there you go. Way to go, Vern. <laughs> uh, I'm here anyway. Why not? Why not? It's Josh Vern, yeah. you're our Royals insider. Uh, Thanks, Vern. All right. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Royals and Rangers this afternoon, 205, right here on 610 Sports Radio. I want to touch on something that he said about Salvi and shedding that contract because I think I've got some insight to something that fans may like to hear. Okay. We'll get to that next. Fesco in the morning. One of the greatest duos. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. You wanted to follow up on uh, on Salvi. Yes, I do. You know, I, I have suggested in the past trading Salvador Perez, and and I still don't think it's a horrible idea from a from a baseball standpoint of where you're going, right, with this organization. But what you have to also consider, and I think it's very important, there's there's two things to consider right now. You're getting ready to build this new ballpark, right? You want to have a a superstar type guy that you know the fans can count on to see when the new ballpark opens in a couple of years downtown in the East Village. Um, and then the other thing that you need to consider, too, and and I think this is important, this organization has one Hall of Famer. George. Right. Yeah. Salvi's going into the Hall of Fame. I think it's important for him and Zach Greinke, too, because Zach Greinke's going to the Hall of Fame. I think it's important for them to finish their careers here in Kansas City. Now, obviously, Zach is going to finish his career here in Kansas City. And when he goes into the hall. Maybe. maybe yeah, I, yeah, true. He's like Tom Brady. Yeah. He, could, he could pitch, he could, you know, for whatever, like, right? No, I think, I'm, I think I feel like pitching for a few more years. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, well, we're ready to move on yeah. here, sir. Yeah. Like, you go, you know. Uh, but but so, so Zach is, has pitched more innings with the Royals than anybody else. More likely than not, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, there will be a KC on his hat. I mean, he was basically a mercenary for so many other teams around Major League Baseball, but this is his home. And I think it's important for this organization right now, as they move forward under new ownership and new ballpark coming in and new regime and all that stuff, 
to have kind of that legacy type player that this generation is familiar with. As much as we love George, how many kids in their 20s know George Brett anymore, right? Not a lot. But you know how many kids know Salvador Perez from watching him win the World Series? Everybody in Kansas City. And I think, and again, as I said last year, I was all about trading Salvador Perez. And if this was a different circumstance, like if this were the, let's just use the Yankees and they got a million Hall of Famers, this wouldn't be that big a deal. But the Royals only have George Brett. And we need to start creating a legacy here in Kansas City on the baseball side of things and not go 30 years in between championships and 40 years in between Hall of Famers or things like that. We need to start laying a foundation and a legacy to build back up a fan base and to really build back an organization. And I think John Sherman has done an amazing job with that so far of trying to rebuild this brand as as best he can in the couple of years that he owned it through COVID and a work stoppage, all that kind of stuff, right? We're finally seeing his stamp on this. And I think his biggest stamp on this organization is going to be the new ballpark, but also so I think John Sherman, being a Kansas Cityan, wants to see more Royals out there doing great things and getting into that Hall of Fame. I know I would be if I owned that ball club because this team has one guy in the history of their franchise in the Hall of Fame. Salvi's going to the Hall of Fame. I think it's important to the franchise, and I think it's important to Kansas City for him to finish here and be a lifelong Royal, a forever Royal, if you will. Because yeah. not many guys start and finish their careers with one team. Tom Brady didn't even that's, do that. That's the camp I've been in. Like, don't trade Salvi. He's he's your guy. He's your franchise. He's your tent pole. Yeah. All those things. To play devil's advocate, even on myself, I would say he's still going in the Hall of Fame even if he finishes two years in uh, Toronto or, right. or, you know, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. he's still going to go in as a Royal. So, does it really matter? If I you think could having get, that lifelong could, guy's important. If you could get a return of some sort or some, like, better, lack of a term, cap relief. Right. Um, at the tail end, when... Maybe you're not still not in a position to be winning and mm-hmm. he's still there and he's still making up. And, and that Maybe. may be a different conversation that we have in a couple of years, reaching the tail end of his contract. Maybe but you I'm, trade him the rest of that season or something. I'm firmly in the camp of like, he's your leader, especially if he buys into this group. And it looks like he is so far okay. as Vern said, you know, Because there was the only, the only spot I did teeter was the, you didn't hire Pedro Grafal. Correct. What's this going to mean to Salvi? And as and much as I love Pedro and have a personal relationship with him, sometimes the guy that you want to hire is not always the right guy. Yeah, and he still might have been good. I'm not saying, but I'm saying if if it what if it what if it teetered, and Salvi said no, I I am really ticked. Dayton's gone, Pedro's gone. Right, I'm out. Then I would have been like full scale, like let it let him go now because you're trying to turn things over. If he's not pulling on the rope, right, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right, much like Granky the first time. The first time around, he right. wasn't pulling on the rope. Correct. You were trying to do things differently. He was at a different. He was in a different grade than the rest of the class. Mm-hmm. You moved him on. Yeah. If Salvi was there, I'd be like, okay, let's go. And and Vern did say too, it's something worth monitoring. Is was Vern's words for the remainder. But but so far, he's bought in. Mm-hmm. He's helping this new uh, coaching staff. You know, he's essentially an arm of the coaching staff. No doubt. No doubt. And in in the position he's in. And so if he's buying in and helping to, to smooth that process, then there's no reason to, to move on at this stage for me. And quite frankly, Josh, now he's your only connection to winning a championship in this town. And I still think the players on this team need to, to know that it wasn't that long ago when the Royals were on top of the world. I think that's important. You got a guy in that clubhouse who won a world championship in Kansas city. 
that's important, I think, to, to keep reassuring to these guys, hey, it can be done in this town. It can be done in this organization. A couple of things from the text line. How can you praise Sherman when you can't watch games on TV? He's done nothing to expand the game or grow the fan base. TV thing's not his issue. I mean, it's his issue right now, because, it, but it's, he didn't d- decide what to do with the TV stuff. They, they wrote a check. You take $50 million a year from a TV company that's going to put your games on TV that you've I'm had blame. a longstanding relationship yeah. with. Yeah. I'm, plus, I'm, I think it goes higher. I'm blaming baseball. I'm blaming baseball. Yeah, baseball got these gotta TV fix deals it. out of whack. They got to fix it. Yeah. yeah. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.